So I was bored on the shitter this last week and I looked up what kind of flavor aid was served in Jonestown and it was grape, which means that whole thing wasn't just sad, it was also gross. Welcome to the Atomic Skull podcast, everybody. My name is Matt, and I want to right up top congratulate Kanye West for marrying an architectural designer at his own company just a few months after his very publicly painful divorce to Kim Kardashian was finalized. As someone who has had varying levels of romantic relationships with women that I have worked with over the years that have all, without exception, ended quickly and terribly, I can't imagine this being anything but a happy, healthy blessing in his life that will no doubt last for many years to come. As I understand it, they had some sort of ceremony but haven't actually filed for a marriage certificate with the state, the hallmark of a long-lasting marriage. I don't mean to throw a bunch of shade or anything, you guys. I think I'm just trying to squeeze my sarcasm sponge early in the episode here. I have one serious question. Does this poor girl not own an internet? Can we all pitch in and get her Google access for like 10 minutes? I'm not saying I wouldn't marry crazy. I did. I definitely married crazy, but not buy the house across the street from your ex after living in a stadium crazy. I had to get that out of my system because I read it right before I started recording. Let's get back to the regularly scheduled program. I'm going to put my vulnerability hat on for just a second. Every single week, I worry that I'm not going to have enough to talk about on the show. For those of you who have known me a long time, the idea that I wouldn't have enough things to talk about probably seems a little weird, but it's true. I have varying levels of anxiety attacks every single week week, no exceptions, thinking that I'm just going to be sitting here in front of the microphone like, sorry guys, I I got nothing. I don't know. I got this weird thing on my foot. Let me talk about that for 10 minutes. And this week was no different. It was no fucking different. I know I have some verbal checks from last week's episode that I need to cash, and I'll be getting to that in a little bit. But I'm dicking around on my phone like Tuesday, and I see that the fucking Golden Globes are going to be on. I didn't even fucking know the Golden Globes were going to be on. I completely forgot about them. Is that a good sign? And also, have the Golden Globes always been on Tuesdays? The Golden Globes are like the bagged cereal Oscars, right? They're the Academy Awards brought to you by Kroger or Kirkland or Signature Select, depending on your demographic, I guess. Pick out whichever one of those brands resonates with you the most and use that for the joke. That's one of those punchlines where I'm going to lead you to the water, but you're going to have to take the drink. I'm giving a bit of a light roast, but I like the Golden Globes, and I like all three of those brands. Literally within the last 10 days, I have bought Kirkland Toilet Paper, Signature Select Sharp Cheddar Cheese, and Kroger Jalapenos. The Golden Globes are a little looser and more fun 
than the Academy Awards and the Emmys. And this year was a really great example of that. There was a lot of really fun and exciting shit that happened. And I am going to make the entire Golden Globes ceremony the best of the week for this week. There wasn't one particular moment that I could really choose. So I wanted to go through a couple of my favorites for you guys. The first one was before the ceremony even started. And that was Jenna Ortega's blue steel face on the red carpet. By the way, that is a perfect segue that is going to lead me into the first thing that I don't like that everyone else does. Don't hate me. Zoolander. It is full of people that I think are a little bit overrated and David Bowie. He's not part of this. When the movie first came out, I had a friend oversell it to me. I watched it and it did absolutely nothing for me. I didn't laugh once. Not a giggle, not a chuckle. The entire time I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking I could be brushing my fucking teeth right now. And then many years later, another friend and I kind of got into it about the movie and he insisted I give it a second chance, which I did. And I don't fucking like it. Cancel me. It is full of relatively funny people doing relatively unfunny things. I am going to give you a few other movies that I think are overrated, and I'm going to kindly ask you to not turn off the episode after hearing this list, because I can already hear the coming out of all you fucking haters. Here we go, don't hate me. Elf, Scarface, there's something about Mary. Bless Ben Stiller's heart. Truly, he is objectively funny. He literally has a comedy bloodline. His parents are Jerry Stiller and Anne Mira, both comedy legends. But a handful of his movies just do not hit the mark for me. Credit where it's due, though. Ben Stiller steals the show in Dodgeball, which is a movie I love. All right, where was I? Uh, oh, Anchorman. Sorry, don't hate me. Knocked up. Super bad. Anything that Judd Apatow has done. Sorry, I should probably stop there for now because I want to talk about Jenna Ortega really quick. She is 20 years old, so I'm not sure how hot I'm allowed to say she is, but she's definitely Pennywise. She is the it girl right now, and she looked fantastic at the Golden Globes. All right, the show itself had some really amazing moments. I am going to hit my five favorites for you because I literally couldn't narrow it down more than that. The first one isn't just Jennifer Coolidge winning her first Golden Globe for White Lotus, which is a weird-ass, fantastic show. Watch the shit out of it. Her speech was maybe one of the best acceptance speeches I have ever seen at any award show ever. It was a master class in comedy. Jennifer Coolidge is an old-school groundling from L.A., and she's so fucking funny. She always has been. And her speech, it was a profanity-laden mess. It was full of heart and gratitude. She even spoiled the ending of season two of White Lotus. That speech fucking had everything. I loved it, and I loved her. She is the tits. The second amazing moment for me, and I'm gonna do just a very quick Marvel Ho alert. Oh, real quick, real quick. I can't believe I am going to say this sentence out loud, but holy shit, the trailer for the new Ant-Man movie looks amazing. Hot damn. I cannot wait to see that shit. All right, sorry. 
the second moment for me was Angela Bassett winning the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress for the latest Black Panther movie. Angela Bassett is an incredibly intense actress. In the early 90s, I want to say... 92 or 93 i'm pretty sure she won an academy award for playing tina turner in the movie what's love got to do with it which was a biopic of of tina turner by the way i do like zero research when i'm dropping dates and names of this shit so feel free to fact check me on any of that and let me know if i'm wrong which happens a lot my wife will tell you endlessly Trust me. Angela Bassett was amazing as Tina Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It, and she was incredible in both Black Panther movies. It was the first major award won by an actor in a Marvel movie, so I thought that was pretty cool. The third amazing Golden Globes moment for me was a savage joke that Jared Carmichael made that is going to take a little bit of explaining the background to get so grab a snack weirdos grandpa's gonna tell you a story last year the golden globes didn't even air did you guys notice that do you think that's a good sign when it was announced that the show wasn't going to air in 2022 tom cruise returned the three golden globes that he has won over the years in protest okay give me a second let me see if i know the three movies that he won for please tell me If I can name all five original hosts of The View, that I can name the movies that Tom Cruise fucking won Golden Globes for. Okay. He definitely got one for Jerry Maguire. He was amazing in Jerry Maguire. Shit. Um, Maybe Tropic Thunder? Best Supporting Actor for Tropic Thunder? I don't think that's right, but it's possible. And, God, he was so good in Tropic Thunder. And gotta be born on the 4th of july i would say born on the 4th of july is the third one i'm not going to guarantee that those three are right but i don't know maybe i'll look it up after i'm done recording we'll see how i did those are my guesses anyway he returned all of his golden globes last year and jared carmichael who i will admit i know very little about came out with three golden globes in his hand and said that he found them backstage after tom cruise returned them and he proposed that we and i quote Return them for the safe return of Shelly Miscavige. It was fucking uncomfortable. Nobody laughed, but I fucking did. Let me tell you the background on that shit. So the current leader of Scientology is David Miscavige. It was reported in 2006 that he and his wife Shelly were having marital troubles. And in her public appearances, Shelly was looking particularly unhappy. And especially when she was with David, she looked like she was being intimidated, very skittish. She notably kind of looked scared of him. And then as of August 2007, Shelly Miscavige has been gone. Nobody has seen her. And I don't just mean with David or at speaking engagements. I mean, no one has seen Shelly at the grocery store, at a mall, at a gas station. She has literally not been seen by anybody since 2007. And there is nothing the police can do. The Church of Scientology maintains that she's just doing Xenu's good work or whatever the fuck it is they do, but nobody knows where she is. That joke was definitely blue, but I thought it was hysterical. Let's get Jared some round-the-clock security, and more importantly, 
Somebody needs to find Shelly Miscavige. Quick little postscript to that. If that whole thing isn't terrifying enough for you, Shelly's mom, Mary, who was a longtime Scientologist, she left the church. And when she did, she claimed to have taken some high-level documents and materials with her when she left. And she was found dead shortly after. She had cuts on her wrist, one bullet in her head, and was also shot by a rifle in the chest three times. And it was ruled a fucking suicide. Don't worry, you guys. There's dick jokes coming. I know I'm losing some of you, and I apologize. Let me get back to that list that I was going through to lighten the mood a little bit. The number four moment was Kihi Kwan winning Best Supporting Actor for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And in his speech, the first thing he did was talk about how important it is to remember where it is you came from, which I could not agree more. And he thanked Steven Spielberg for casting him in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which was kind of like the Kirkland brand Indiana Jones movie. But Kihi Kwan played Short Round, who is one of my all-time favorite supporting characters in any movie Ever. And he also played Data in The Goonies. In Everything Everywhere All at Once, he played the husband, and it was one of the most heartfelt performances of the year. He was probably my favorite character in that movie. And then the last moment I loved was fucking Eddie fucking Murphy winning the Lifetime Achievement Award and his amazing Will Smith joke. I am not going to repeat it because if you haven't heard it, I want you to go find it. And let me tell you something. Will Smith ain't going to slap Eddie. I guarantee it. I have an unapologetic love for Eddie Murphy, particularly all of his work in the 80s. Every damn thing he did. He has been teasing going back out and doing comedy for half a decade now. I am not bullshitting you. I would spend $500 on a ticket to see Eddie Murphy do stand-up. He is that fucking good. And that is going to lead me, you guys, to my gold star question for the week. Who is on your Mount Rushmore for comedy? Could be stand-up comedians, could be comedic actors, writers. Who are the people for maximum, in case you don't know anything about Mount Rushmore, that are your highest standards for being funny? Reach out to me in all the ways you guys normally do. If you have never reached out to me, do not be afraid. You can email me, atomicskullpodcast at gmail.com. Find me on the Facebook. Uh, find me on Instagram, at Atomic Skull Podcast. Slide into my DMs. Give me your list. I always respond. I always reply. I love getting those responses from you, particularly in Gold Star Questions. Love that. You guys have been doing fantastic, and I really appreciate that. Comedy means everything to me. Laughing means everything to me. Laughing with yourself, laughing at yourself, laughing with people you love, laughing with people you don't know. That's how people you don't know become people you know. And that's how people you know become people you love. Laughing together turns enemies into friends. For that one moment when you're laughing, it is a reminder that this whole fucking reality thing is a joke and you don't have to take it too seriously if you don't want to. You know what I mean? We all need that in our lives. For worst of the week, probably gonna have to go with Justin Roiland, who is the co-creator of Rick and Morty, which by the way is something else everybody likes that I don't really give a shit about. Justin Roiland was arrested and charged with felony domestic abuse and false imprisonment. 
Ain't nothing funny about that. Good news is that frees up Dan Harmon, who is the other co-creator of Rick and Morty, to put a lot more time and effort into the community movie, which I read is going to be filming in June. Not only is the fan base for Rick and Morty insufferable, but the show itself has gotten way too much up its own ass. It's funny enough, but I haven't watched it for at least two seasons, and I don't miss it. Royland has always been kind of a turd people who know him even dan Harmon, is like that dude uh, he's funny and all that but he is not okay he is kind of a turd i know zero details about the arrest but the word felony being put in the charges makes whatever the hell happened pretty heavy i don't even want to fucking talk about it anymore before I take my proper turn in the Thunderdome, I am going to jump into the Dildo Chronicles really quick because something awesome happened and then right afterwards something ridiculous happened, which is always how my life goes. It was actually kind of exciting because I got to help out my first cast of an adult movie who came in and bought like 300 bucks worth of stuff. They were literally stopping in on the way to doing the scene. And there were four of them. Two really good looking dudes. One of them was full big daddy energy with the big perfectly kept beard and full of muscles. And the other guy is just your standard good looking beardy man. And then there was the super hot starlet girl who got a strap on so she could peg both of them and I'm not inferring that that is literally what they told me and then the dude that was a noticeable step down in the looks department ended up being the cameraman I got to talking to him quite a bit it was stereotypical as fuck but I thought it was pretty cool and I was joking and shit with them and making them laugh and they thought I was pretty cool so I walked away from that transaction feeling kind of good of myself which of course ended very quickly because let me tell you what this awesome cool guy did right after that this literally happened probably as they were all walking to their car Car. So there is a storage room where all of the cleaning supplies are kept. I needed to grab a couple of things that were in there. I go in, the light in the room is off. For some reason, my pompous ass inner monologue steps up and says, no reason to flip on the light switch that is directly next to you so you can see where you're going. You know exactly what you need and where it is. I have enough shit in my life that I have to do the hard way. Why is my brain telling me to choose to add something onto that list? What the fuck am I trying to prove to myself? I'm an idiot, and if your inner monologue is telling me to not hate myself so hard, hold that thought so i know what it is that i need and i think i know right where it is i take one step in the dark one fucking step and that one step i take happens to be onto the business end of a push broom and it causes the handle to swing up and hit me right square in the fucking face like i am wily coyote i didn't even know that physics worked like that in real life and now here i am literally walking into a fucking episode of looney tunes i have to tell you that split second where i thought that i was kind of cool before i walked into the closet was absolute bliss i need more of those and i god 
God, I just hope I get them, which I probably won't. But the moral of that story is turn the fucking light on. All right, you guys, let's get to my makeup assignment from last week. I've gone over a couple of the things everyone else likes that I don't already, but let's get fist deep into it. I'm going to give you guys a list that I have going here because it's my fucking show and I don't really have to limit myself to three things. The first thing that I have on my list is Salt Bay. I know this seems a little out of left field, but the entire fucking internet went crazy over that dude for reasons that I don't fucking understand at all. What is the fucking purpose of this fucking person? Was he supposed to be sexy? Nobody ran that one by me. I also have no idea on earth how that whole phenomenon managed to slide through. I get that he seems like he is the winner in this situation because he made God knows how much money for the way he salted food. But any real chef will tell you that money doesn't mean shit in that industry. Here is what I actually know about whatever the fuck his name is. It doesn't matter one iota what his actual name is. And this is all I need to know. He has a couple of restaurants. All of them have gold leaf everything on the menu, which is the thirstiest fucking thing a restaurant can do. Putting gold on food is like being that one girl at the party that decides she's going to spend the evening topless. His restaurants have universally shitty Google reviews and even shittier Zagat rating and zero Michelin stars. That is all I need to know. Next on my list is The Cure. Everything about my existence screams Robert Smith. I am a morose, moody, depressed, suicidal, self-deprecating, lonely, proudly wear black. And only black until they make a darker color. But for some reason, The Cure sounds like nails on a chalkboard to me. I have tried during several points of my life to get into them, but there is something that does not connect. I am not taking anything away from them. They got some hits, but they are not one of mine. After that, Dutch Bros. I'm not going to get on any kind of high horse here when it comes to coffee. I drink Starbucks early and often. I did, by the way, get someone who had Starbucks on their list for last week of things they don't like, by the way. I am not going to combat that at all. I get it. I like good coffee. I like shitty coffee. I just like coffee. Dutch Bros is not even coffee. Dutch Bros is sugar and milk that is mixed together in a room where people are talking about good coffee that they had one time. Dutch Bros is what I would give to a seven-year-old who wants to know what coffee shouldn't taste like. If you are at a Dutch Bros and you do want to get something that is actually legitimately delicious, all you need to know are four words and four words only. Cold, poor, chocolate milk. I am a ho for chocolate milk, and Dutch Bros does that very nicely. But for coffee, I would rather drink three-day-old Denny's decaf than whatever Dutch Bros thinks they are making in those tiny little fucking houses. The next one is going to hit you hard, white people. And you can hate me all you want, but please keep listening to this podcast, The Office. I don't want to hear it. I watched three seasons of that shit, and I didn't laugh once. That show was so unfunny to me. Talking about it right now is effectively sucking the humor out of this episode. Parks and Rec, Community, 30 Rock, all similar shows that are light years funnier in every way and they do not put a fucking stapler in jello. 
I don't understand why that seems so fucking funny to people. The British version of The Office, not fucking bad. Ricky Gervais was great. The American version of The Office, garbage to me. And while we are on the subject of TV shows, I don't fucking like Friends either. I get that it's just me. I am a pilgrim in an unholy land. I had a friend of mine who was obsessed with the show and made me watch a couple of episodes. There was some sort of couch involved and then they had to constantly throw a ball around to each other for 22 minutes plus commercials. I didn't get it. The entire cast are the exact kind of fucking people who would have made fun of me when I was younger. Zero redeeming qualities in that show for me. I just don't see the appeal. Next for me. God, I'm bitching about all these things like an old man. I feel like Larry David right now. This episode is going pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Okay, the next thing that I really just don't like is ranch. Or as it's called in the rest of the world, American sauce. We can't call it American sauce here because in the States, American sauce is what Chuck Norris calls his jizz. I'm not saying that I hate ranch, I will have some now and again, but my god, the people who like ranch, it is obscene. My beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, in the drive-thru of her beloved Jack in the Box. You guys, Mrs. What's-Her-Name loves Jay and the Bee more than she loves me. We have talked about it. It was here before me and will be here long after I'm gone. I've come to terms with it. I will take a second place to Jack. Mrs. What's-Her-Name in the drive through a Jack in the Box becomes unhinged. If she gets anything less than eight ranches, she will cut a bitch. Her words. Let's talk about the Waffle House for just a minute. When people bring up the Waffle House to me, it is like they're describing Valhalla. I went to the Waffle House once, once, and it was under all the right circumstances. It was late, I was drunk, our server looked like a jack-o'-lantern. The waffles were described to me by my drunk friends as thick, stacked, and sweet on top, which for the record is also how I like my ladies, by the way. All right, the waffle that was put, uh, I don't apologize. The waffle that was put in front of me was flat and soggy. It wasn't even on par with a frozen ego. I was so fucking disappointed, but I still went all the way. I got the hash browns smothered and covered, and those tasted good. They pretty much looked exactly the same on the way out, complete with cheese still intact. But what I do like about the Waffle House, especially lately, is that you get a show with your money over there. Chair throwing is a necessary part of the Waffle House experience, whether you're the one doing it or you're filming someone else doing it. But I'm over Waffle House fights. I am now all about Golden Corral fights these days. By the way, Restaurant Fights is a killer YouTube rabbit hole to go down if you wanna watch something to make you feel a little bit better about yourself. Let me tell you the best Golden Corral fight that I heard about. It started at the steak cooking area. Right, you know what I'm talking about where they fry up the steak for you real quick to order? The first person in line ordered their steak well done, like an asshole. The second person in line ordered their steak rare. The rare steak takes less time to cook, so the second person in line got their steak first. The well done person takes exception to that idea and picks a fight with 
not only the rare steak person, but the person cooking the steaks and then the following person line in line who moved up to try to put in their order. Suddenly, there is a 20-person melee in the restaurant at the steak carving station that involves customers and employees. To make it just chef's kiss perfect, the fight spills into the salad bar and knocks it over. Part of me is disgusted, but part of me also thinks it's kind of funny. And you can absolutely find that video on YouTube. And I recommend after this episode that you treat yourself. The last two things that I'm going to mention are the ones that I am the most nervous about. So brace yourselves and I'm inviting you to take this journey with me. The first stop is Middle Earth. We gotta talk about Lord of the Rings. Here's the thing with Lord of the Rings. I am aware that I'm the problem. The movies are cinematic achievements. They are objectively good. They are beautiful. But for some reason, they just registered as a snooze fest to me. I never want to pick a fight with Lord of the Rings fans because I know I'll lose. I respect it. I just didn't like it and I am bummed that it turned out that way. I wanted to like it, but every time I give the flicks another chance, I like them a little bit less. So I just want to leave them where they are. For the last one, you may or may not have noticed in the previous episode that I mentioned the number one thing that people didn't like, but I never mentioned what second place was. And there definitely was a second place that lost out by just one single person. And that second place thing is my number one hill to die on in this particular type of conversation. Star Wars. I don't understand the extreme mass obsession with fucking Star Wars. And I really don't understand why so many people get fucking angry with me when I tell them that I don't like it. Here is the fucking thing about Star Wars for me, okay? It is a galaxy far, far away that we have never heard of with an unlimited amount of planets. Why is it that we always end up on fucking Tatooine, the most desolate, dry, boring, desert planet with nothing happening on 90% of it. And on these unlimited number of planets, there are trillions and trillions of beings, all with incredible stories to tell. And we get nine movies of one single fucking family. Are there really no better stories out there? And then there are the Jedi, these omnipotent, omnipresent priests who are the one-dimensional definition of good or evil. No complexity, no character building, no nuance. Either you have one color lightsaber or you have the other color lightsaber and then it's fucking over for you. Unless you're fucking Samuel L. Jackson, you get a purple lightsaber, which is pretty fucking harsh. The writing is lazy. The story development is lazy. The redeeming qualities are so few and far between and nerds are so fucking picky. I don't understand why their bile doesn't eat away at this franchise. Somehow, somewhere, it earned a fucking pass, but not with me. I'm not completely against every single thing that has been released. Rogue One 
was pretty good. If you notice with Rogue One, no Tatooine, no Skywalkers, except for the very end, and even I will admit that Darth Vader scene was pretty fucking badass. And before you guys go finding me and kicking my ass, The Mandalorian is pretty damn good. I'm not quite as gaga over Baby Yoda as the rest of you nerds, but I totally get it. I have no desire to watch Book of Boba Fett, and I've heard Andor is good, and I'll get to it, but I'm really not in much of a rush. And there you have, I actually cut the list down from what I have in my notes. If I'm ever at a point where I genuinely have nothing to say at all, maybe I'll crack open a few more of them. But right now, I feel like I've done enough bitching. Before I put a bow on this turkey, I want to make sure that I don't skip last week's gold star question because we are going to get ourselves all caught up here. What are the three things you like that everyone else doesn't? While I didn't get as many answers as the previous question, I still got a boatload of them. And I think that kind of goes a long way to showing how much easier it is for people to be negative. Even for me, I will be the first one to admit that positivity in any form can be really fucking difficult sometimes, which is something that Mrs. What's-Her-Name completely and vehemently disagrees with. She is such a fucking ray of big titty goth sunshine, and her thing that she likes that no one else does is Disney movies. As an adult with no children, and I'm kind of torn on that one. On one hand, I feel like that isn't entirely unique, but also she isn't a pedophile, so maybe that does make it kind of rare. For the most part, I can break a lot of your guys' answers down to TV shows and food, which are two things that I love to experience together, so well done, everybody. Let's figure out what it is we want to watch while the food is heating up. I got American Horror Story and Weeds. I had totally forgotten about Weeds, but man, the first three seasons of Weeds were so fucking good. When the show was on, I think a lot of people liked it. I Everyone I knew watched it, but it really isn't one of those that needs to be revisited. You know what I mean? I don't think a lot of people talk about it now very much. A little ways back, there was talk of like a reboot, but I, I think it got sacked. American Horror Story, that's one of those that I should have liked, but I didn't. I watched a few seasons of it, and the style is there, but the content just didn't quite do it for me. But god damn, Lady Gaga was good in the hotel season. And then I had a listener tell me how much they love The Walking Dead. All of it, front to back. I've talked about The Walking Dead previously, but what I can say is that I liked a lot of it. And for me, it isn't necessarily that bad. It just kind of got boring. There's a lot of plot lines from the graphic novels that are really hard to successfully translate to the screen. And then lastly, jumping into the movie department, somebody sent me in the Twilight movies. All of them. Gross. For food, which is the biggest category for sure, I had Someone tell me they like black licorice, and then someone tell me they like pineapple on pizza. The black licorice one, I just don't like it, but they keep making it, so someone fucking does. As far as pineapple on pizza, we all find some weird shit to get angry about. I will never turn down a good slice of Hawaiian. Harvey Weinstein got away with raping women pretty much his entire adult life. Put some fucking pineapple on your pizza and enjoy it without guilt. You're not a bad person. From two different people, I got okra and then cottage cheese. I think you guys are on your own with that one. Someone did send me in tweez, you know, like twisted teas. 
I'm not against them. I think they're delicious, but the sweetness and the alcohol mixes together in my body. <laughs> I'm such an old man. The, when the sweetness and the alcohol mix together in my body, it gives me stomach cramps, something terrible. And then last and probably least is Olive Garden. Or as it was also described to me, Italian Denny's. I think there was a time way back when I might have been a fan of Olive Garden. I have no justification for some of my life choices and I will accept your judgment. The lasagna wasn't bad back in the day, but the last time I went and had it, the portion was so small, I think I was just supposed to snort it. But I also stand by the breadsticks. If any of you motherfuckers go to Olive Garden and are feeling kind, bring me home a couple breadsticks. Otherwise, fuck that place. And Mrs. What's-Her-Name likes it, too. I always joke with her that I want to get into a thruple just so that we have someone else who could do some of the cleaning, and then she has someone to go with her to Olive Garden because I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. And if you didn't laugh at that, you're not alone. Neither did she. But also, at least once a week, she puts an article of clothing on backwards and or inside out so she can suck my ass. And then, of course, there is music. As much as it brings us together, and it does, our tastes are all over the place, and there isn't much to say about all of these. Patton Oswalt, who I adore, he's one of my favorite stand-up comedians, has this great bit about how he doesn't really hate any kind of music anymore. He just has stuff that he usually doesn't listen to, and I'm totally with that. There's a few things that I actively avoid, but most of the stuff that I don't like, I just sort of passively avoid. So I have no real judgments with these, and all of the usual suspects are here. Justin Bieber, fine. Machine Gun Kelly, fine. John Mayer, congratulations to my listeners for their love of skinny white fuckboys. Though I will give credit where it's due, John Mayer is a hell of a guitarist. I will stand by that. I got sent Dave Matthews Band. I'm not sure if they belong on the list. I know quite a few people who like Dave Matthews Band. I fucking like Dave Matthews Band. I love that song where he's like, that one is great. And then... I got Christmas music all year round from an honest-to-goodness psychopath. That one cannot relate. And then, cleaning up the last few that don't fit into any category, someone likes going to the dentist, which is wild. That might be slipping into the fetish category. I guess it depends on whether or not your rocks are being gotten off while you're in the chair. I've seen a porn that takes place in the dentist's office. I remember there being a lot of double entendres about drilling and filling cavities, and there was a really bad pun about a root canal. And then lastly, an angel blessed my DMs by saying that she likes short men. Hallelujah. As a short dude, I can't tell you how many times that has been used against me. And having someone tell me that was definitely not something that I expected. I'd like to pause the show for a moment to thank my mother for smoking cigarettes for her entire pregnancy. I'm pretty sure she was taking drags in between contractions. As for my answers, I'm going to live by the sword with this one and keep it to three. You know what I like that no one else does? Limp Biscuit. 
I have no defense and I'm not going to try to convert you. I'm not even 100% sure if their music is good. All I know is that I rarely fucking skip over their shit when it comes on rotation. And their latest album that they released, like I think it was last year, year before last year, it wasn't fucking bad. Something else that I like that nobody else really did, Batman versus Superman. I'm not going to try to justify the terrible third act. That third act was a dumpster fire, but everything leading up to it was pretty fucking good. I didn't have to sit through yet another Batman origin story where I watched a young Bruce Wayne's parents die for the billionth time. Affleck's Batman was older and harsher. Henry Cavill was, of course, delicious. The way the story unfolded was great. I like the DC Universe as a whole. It wasn't great, but it didn't deserve all the shit that it got. Most of the movies are really good until the third act. That's how I feel about Castaway which is a movie I love. When Tom Hanks gets found and comes back home, I'm not really invested in the movie anymore. I just like seeing him on the island. And then the last thing that I like that nobody else does is dark chocolate. A little sweet, but mostly bitter. I am what I eat. Slowly but surely, I am converting people to the dark side. Literally, one by one. And for the record, I am not proud of that joke. Not in the least. For the song of the week... I always feel bad about celebrities dying. I feel bad about anybody dying, but I talk about celebrities dying on here often. That's obvious. But what I really feel bad about is there are people who die that it's incredibly sad, but I don't really have anything to say about it. I kind of feel worse about that sometimes. Like Priscilla Presley died and that's a pisser. Of course, that is a pisser. And it's a great way to introduce an Elvis song, but I don't really have anything to say about her dying other than it's just kind of sad. And I, I feel bad about that. Am I making sense? I hope not. But I do want to take a moment to honor Jeff Beck, who died last week. Jeff Beck wasn't really a rock star. He was a guitarist and a damn good one. And he liked it that way. He never really cared too much about being a star. He just liked to showcase his talent and he liked to play guitar. And he had a bunch of talent on the guitar. There would be no Jimmy Page, Keith Richards, Joe Perry, or Angus Young without him. And if you know who all four of those guitarists are, make sure you change your diaper after the end of this episode. For this week's song choice, I am going to pick Train Kept a Rollin' by the Yardbirds, which is half blues, half rock and roll, and half chaos, which, if you do the math, comes out just perfectly. It's some early Jeff Beck guitar work, and it's a song that I've loved since I was a kid and I first got into that shit. Go check that song out and all of its friends on the Atomic Skull Podcast Songs of the Week playlist on Spotify. And that's a wrap for this week, you guys. Thank you, as always. I have a blast writing these episodes. I have a blast recording these episodes. I have less of a blast editing these episodes, but I'm working my ass off so that down the road, I can just do the stuff that I like to do and then pay someone to edit them. Please help me out with that and follow me on Instagram and bring some friends with you at Atomic Skull Podcast. Subscribe to my shit show wherever you are listening to it and give me five stars. If you are listening to it directly on the website, that is awesome. I appreciate that. Please go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star rating to help out the cause. I would be so grateful for you taking that extra step and you don't even have to put pants on to do it. I'm off like a prom dress. 
you guys. Apologies to my mother-in-law. If anyone needs me, I'll be going broke subscribing to Iggy Azalea's OnlyFans. I will see you guys next week. How are you doing?